0: welcome to another end of the football fridays in georgia podcast here at georgia public broadcasting thanks for accessing us however you are doing so large device or small gpb gpb.org the gpb sports app twitter facebook instagram on our youtube channel where you get to see how we get to just roll in here and, and do this show every single week. Alongside Hannah and I am John Nelson. Last week we were at Tommy Baker Field to Cherokee and Roswell, a place we'd never been before. Great atmosphere, great crowd. It was great to see everybody up there in Cherokee County. Big region matchup and a big win for Roswell.
1: The Hornets prevailed 41-13 to over the Warriors. In for senior running back Ryan Hill. This was the story of the night with sophomore Nakai Davenport. Mm -hmm. He was the Cotton Commission player of the game. Excellent. Rushed for 172 yards, two touchdowns on 28 carries. And, John, the post-game interview with him... (laughs) Was a little rough, but bless his heart. He is a sophomore. You're
0: talking about someone who's probably never done one of those before and you're a sophomore and you have the the, thrown into the spotlight. The game of your you know, the game of your career. In that game he'd rushed for just as many yards or more than he had his entire season. And so when you're when you're given the when you're given the football and you're getting those big numbers, you know I give him a lot of credit for for sticking out and, and uh, sticking with it that whole time. It was it was fun. It was good to see everybody.
1: What was your first question to him, and, and his answer was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So <laughs> great win tonight or something like that. I loved goes, it. yeah. But like that's all. That's a part of the fun of okay. all of this. When you when you have these these sophomores who have these kinds of games and things like that. But uh, no, it was it was fun to be up there. Great win for Roswell in a game that they really needed if they were going to uh, keep Pace with Milton in that region, Mm -hmm. and so right now the the Milton Roswell game that one's going to be the one that will decide region championship right now. Not quite in the blender all the way across the board in this one, but Milton and Roswell is going to go a long way to decide who the region champ is.
1: Another storyline in the game was quarterback Robbie Roper. He was outstanding after returning from a two week shoulder injury, which happened on our airwaves. Unfortunately, he was seven of fourteen passing for one hundred and thirty six yards. Had a great night.
0: Yep, and it was a good bounce back for him as well. And I think that it took a little while for Cherokee to get into the game. And obviously, you know, you can't have a lot of turnovers in, in a game of this import. And Roswell took advantage of those turnovers and got a, a big margin ahead. They were up 13 nothing. Then Cherokee comes back to score to make it a one-score game. And then just it, turnovers really were the, the early difference in this. And what we saw from Roswell in the third and fourth quarter was – The idea of them just seeing a game out, doing what they needed to do, you know, run the ball, get your first downs, make sure that you were getting the yardage that you needed, you were staying ahead of the sticks, those kinds of things that we all talk about that are going to be important in the postseason. We saw that in the third and fourth quarter uh, for Roswell, caught up with Coach Pruitt to ask him about that after the game too. And it was something that's important that they'll learn from heading into the postseason.
1: Did you ask Coach Pruitt about facing Milton?
0: Not down the. They, line. they have a bye week. Yeah, so no, they got, they that, got that's a why I say it's it's down the road a little bit. Okay. You know, just let them enjoy this one for thirty seconds before you, you get into it. It'll
1: be here before you know it. Exactly. <laughs>
0: but uh, you got to catch up with uh, Coach Adam Clack of Milton in the post game show in Football I did. Fridays After Dark.
1: I did. Hey, let's let's take a look at some of those big games okay. from last week. Uh, before we get to Clack, mm-hmm. there were some major milestones that were met on Friday, and mm-hmm. I want to start with Fellowship Christian Coach Tim McFarland. Yep. Congratulations to coach. He got his two hundredth career win with a thirty-seven to nothing win over Clarkston. They go to six and one on the year, two and zero in region play. And I also got to talk to him yep. um right after the game and he said their team is in a building phase, only seven seniors. Yeah. I know. Started two freshmen. Mm. So it was a really big win for them.
0: And they are coming off of the, that early season loss to Trinity Christian. Everybody's losing to Trinity Christian so far this year in single-A private, but they've rebounded well after that loss. And you're seeing, once again, these freshmen who, by the time you get to the end of the regular season, you know they're not going to be freshmen anymore on the field. They'll still be freshmen in the classroom, but they'll have that experience, and I think it'll serve Fellowship Christian well. And you know, was they're chasing after a postseason, a postseason bid as well. Next time, next one up for them is Kings Ridge Christian, I believe. So you're going to yes. have Terry Crowder and uh, Tim McFarlane going at it next time out, and that's going to be another big region game.
1: Yeah, they're trying to go 3 and 0 in region play. It's region 6 single A private Kings Ridge Christian. I asked him how he was going to celebrate his 200th win and he said his wife and his daughter were waiting on him to go to <laughs> dinner and they're waiting <laughs> on
0: me across the street and so you're sitting there going, "Okay, so all right, so what questions can I ask how to get the answers?" How long can I keep you? <laughs> yes, how long can I keep you and then okay, then you can go and celebrate.
1: He wouldn't tell me where they were going to dinner, though. So well, because if folks, are, but the one. thing
0: is, if folks are watching football Fridays after dark, then they, if Coach McFarland <laughs> says, "Yeah, I'm going to go here," then you're going to have all those folks mm. in the Roswell area who are watching the post game show. They're going to go gonna sit there, there. They're going to go there and go hang and, out and with go it.
1: Go party. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, that's a good idea, though. It's like the it's like the red light. It's like meeting at the red light, but hey, oh, He could have been like, meet me at the Shake Shack.
0: Nothing wrong with that. <laughs>
1: okay another record shattered yes raven county quarterback gunner stockton uh-huh. if you haven't heard the news everyone i've heard of him broke deshaun watson's georgia state record for total touchdowns when he hit 219 watson set the record in 2013 when he had 218 so that came after the wildcats 45 to 14 win over grovetown Awesome news for Gunnar Stockton.
0: Well, and last week on the show when we had uh, head coach J. Bo Shaw of Rabin County and that game that they had in region play had been wiped off the board. And he said, OK, I've got an opponent. We can all, you know, you'll know soon enough. And we found out it was Grovetown that was going to make a big road trip for this one. But uh, big win for Rabin County once again up there in the mountain region and, you know, anticipating a lot of big things from them. In that region itself, but seeing Gunnar Stockton continue to just knock off record after record after record after record, it's going to be fun to see where this ends by the end of this season. In one of the toughest regions in the state across the board in Double
1: Yeah, they're six and one. Have not started region play, so that begins Friday against Banks County. So we'll have to see how they do. And I just can't wait to watch Gunnar at, at Georgia. He's going to be he's going to be great.
0: Says the old Miss Grad.
1: I know, but I'm just invested. I'm not a Georgia fan at all.
0: You're you're regionally invested because for you it just means more.
1: It just means
0: more. Uh-huh. Just checking.
1: <laughs> all right. Let's bring Coach Clack into it. More big matchups around the state. Region play was in full swing. In 7A, Collins Hill, Mill Creek were both off, so I was keeping up with that Milton-Etowah game. They came out with the 54-14 to win to go 2-0 in region play, which is region 5-7A. Uh, Talked to Coach Clack from the bus, like a dark, quiet bus. <laughs> I was like, Coach, where is your team? I don't hear a single pin They're drop. They're respectful. So I, I asked him, you know, what was what was the key to the game? And he said to get quarterback Devin Farrell going early, which they did. So
0: and that's and that's big. You know, once again, you're six and one, and you're in, you know, you're in the crosshairs of a lot of folks in 7A because you're at the top of the ladder. It's Collins Hill. It's Mill Creek. It's North Cobb. It's Milton. There there are a lot of teams chasing a title in 7A, and right now Milton is trying to keep pace with all those folks ahead of them. And when you put 54 on the board against Etowett, that's another marker in region play. And, you know, we keep talking about that eventual Milton-Roswell game to decide the one and the two.
1: They go into a bye week. Um, So they they wanted to get the win going into the bye week. They want to get healthy and reset. But you hear a lot of these coaches you know, they give you the coach talk. They want to take it one game at a time. They rarely mention championships. Coach Clock was like, we're going for the ring, baby. I mean. <laughs>
0: well, because he's gotten the ring before. and, and
1: he, he wants it again. I mean, there was no week-to-week talk. He goes, we're, we're making it to the end. We're going to reset. We're going to get healthy And we're we're making it. And I was like, yes, coach. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) Yes, sir.
0: You salute and ask the next question. So, no, that's that's the mentality that coaches have. It's like, yes, we know that there are coaches who will sit there and say, we're just going to get ready for next week and then get into the playoffs. But Coach Clack has a vision. I mean, they went on the road to Pennsylvania to play a game this year to get ready. To get ready. For these mm-hmm. kinds of things so it's all about you know travel and getting ready and making sure that you're prepared for the playoffs those kinds of moments will do it too and having that extra week to prepare when you have to go to Ray Maness Stadium on the 22nd to take on 6-1 and Roswell that's mm-hmm. going to be a big one there in region
1: yes it is uh, in region 2 AAA Peach County's 35 game winning streak in region games has come to an end mm-hmm. womp womp with a 14-27 to loss to Crisp County on Friday that was a wild one
0: that was tied at 14 at one mm-hmm. point and for crisp and miguel patrick remember miguel patrick left cedar grove in, in the offseason to go down to Cordeal to be mm-hmm. the head coach down there at crisp crisp we've always known them as a program that will play anybody any place anytime twice on tuesday and out on i-75 at uh, exit you know one, 101 if they if they have to and to have this kind of a game, I think that, you know, you look at Peach County and they'll be a part of the discussion. But right now with that win by Crisp, you're looking at the one and the two, expect both of them to make a lot of noise in the playoffs. But that one pretty much gives you the inside track to Crisp in your region champ.
1: Yeah, that was my surprise for the week for sure, just with, with Peach County's history.
0: Give you another one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Harrelson County knocking mm-hmm. off Callaway. That's another surprise for me in yes. Region 5AA. 5AA is definitely one of those regions where you have to know the math and you have yes. to know your you're tiebreakers. Harrelson County was up 28 nothing at the half at, you know, against Callaway. They were up uh, 35-7, 35-14, then they go on to win 42-14. Big win for everybody, for Scott Peavy and everybody out there in, uh, in Harrelson County, obviously. Uh, heavy Hearts losing one of their coaching legends in Frank Vohan at the age of 74, but great win for them as well to put 42 on the board against Callaway. But you know that the Cavaliers and Coach Wiggins will sit there and take this and learn from it as they're going to be chasing, once again, the one and the two yeah. with this region being in the blender. It'll be interesting to see how this one shakes out. But right now, Harrelson County, the inside track to be region champ.
1: All right. I've got one more game for you. Yeah. An exciting non-region matchup in Quad A. Perry moves to 5-1 and one after beating Washington County 37-24. to 24. Somehow the Panthers overcame five turnovers, mm-hmm. including two interceptions that were, return- that were returned for touchdowns. Unbelievable how do you win with five turnovers well
0: talk you, about math yeah and that's the
1: odds are against you but
0: Perry is one of those teams that we've looked at in addition to Washington County that we're going to be making deep runs and it's taking games like this where Perry has some adversity how do you handle your handle yourself in in And an adverse situation, rebound from it. They absolutely did that. A lot of folks had Perry in their final fours. Mm -hmm. You know, last year they lost to Marist in one of the wildest scoring games that was around in the playoffs. And they're looking to repeat, if not get further into the playoffs this uh, this season. So big challenge for both of those schools. Once again, I know a lot of us are looking at both Perry and Waco making deep runs in the playoffs come postseason.
1: They will begin region play on Friday against West Lawrence. So by this Friday, John, everyone will be in region play.
0: Close, except for the Eagles Landing Christian region, which only has three teams because Our Lady of Mercy went to go play seven-man football. So they'll have only two region games. So when you get through game seven for eagles landing or game eight for eagles landing christian then they'll have nine and ten and go into region play
1: wow what a schedule for them
0: yeah i know and that's one of the questions that we always like to ask coaches when they come on the football fridays in georgia podcast it's like how if you're in a mini region Mm -hmm. how difficult is it to find opponents and i mean to give you the example this week uh eagles landing christian is playing as i look at my notes here uh they're at Pacelli this week, but okay. they lost to Brentwood Academy of Tennessee 17-14 to go 1-5. But you have to schedule up if you're in single A, and it's trying to find opponents, and it's traditionally tough for Eagles landing Christian, but by the time they get into the postseason, they will be 18 to 1-5 means nothing. Mm-mm, absolutely not. And it's how you are in your region and winning games there, and it's one of those, you know, Tested questions that we always have to, to look at here when it comes to getting ready for the postseason. It comes in different forms. And for Jonathan Guess and the Chargers, it comes with ninety-seven non region games, <laughs> a two game region sprint, and then getting into the playoffs. I mean, they've been in the playoffs with a five hundred record before, and then they make the run that we're always accustomed to seeing them make. So there you always. go. Yeah. So I mean it's it's par for the course really when you're looking at a team like Eagles Landing Christian, who will be in the class A private top ten at GPB. With a record of one in five, but it's because of things like this. And you sit there and it's like, well, why are they with a record of one in five and they're still in a top ten poll? Because in class. Because of class A private. They are one of the top ten teams in class A private, bar none.
1: So we're finishing up fall break around the state. Mm -hmm. I think this is the last week. How does that affect things?
0: It means that everybody's going to be
1: playing. Yay.
0: (laughs) That's the key. It's like, you know, uh, let's see, Cobb had their bye week a couple weeks ago. Gwinnett had theirs last week. I want to say two weeks ago it was Cobb. Last week as we're talking it was Gwinnett. And so now it's like, okay, is everybody done? Can, can you know? And then it's just integrating everything and getting back to how things are. But yeah, the the bye week, you know, your fall break for all of your classes. That's the the interesting part of all of this because you develop all of this momentum, and then you get a break, and then you're having to reset everything. And I think that's another challenge too for a lot of folks where you're trying to sit there and go, okay uh what do we do for a a reset here and then you've you've got it figured out and that's another challenge for the coaches these days
1: yeah well speaking of small regions and teams that are beginning region play Lounge will do that on Friday Mm -hmm. and head coach Jamie Debose is our guest this week John
0: yes he is so let's find out what's going on at the concrete palace
1: all right coach you go 5 and 2 on the season after beating Cedar Grove 45 to 38 on Friday. It was a wild one. You guys battled back from a deficit then scored on a 1-yard run in the final minute to break the 38-38 tie. That was an exciting one. What was your what was your reaction from the <laughs> sidelines on that play?
2: Well, kind of relief and uh I think there was 45 seconds left and it was going straight to the defensive coordinator and the defensive coach is saying, "Hey, we got to hold on." Uh I I, I didn't tell the offense to go sit down very long because you never know. It seems like you uh, had to keep scoring to stay in front. Uh, Cedar Grove got a very talented football team. I was very impressed with their players. Uh, And, uh, of course, their quarterback was out. Uh, I think he's coming back this next week, I heard. Uh, But I know he's a great player, and he'll make them even better.
0: One of the questions that I like to ask uh, coaches across the board, and specifically coaches like you that are in these mini-regions, M-I-N-I for lack of a better phrase, because region play is a sprint for you. How difficult is it to schedule 97 non-region games before you can even get into region play?
2: Well, it's very difficult. You know, we found Cedar Grove really at the last second uh, this summer. We were uh open and uh, you know, we, we couldn't find anyone and uh just by luck I think Cedar Grove had somebody pull out on them and uh enabled us to pick another game up. But uh uh you're right. I mean and the games we pick up, man, they're they're tough games. Well our schedule this year, you know. You look at it, we've had Lake Gibson uh, on ESPN, which was a, a top-ranked Florida yeah, team. Both of we've you just had...
0: scored in that game again.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that was about 100-99, I think it <laughs> seemed like. But I that, I tell you what, last Friday in the Lake Gibson game, I, I called plays. And mentally, I was just exhausted at the end. I told somebody I didn't know how many more plays I had to call. <laughs> but uh, it, it, was, uh, it was rough. We've had Lee County on the schedule, though. We've had... You know, Walton on the schedule, which was a very tough team. Uh, You know, Valdosta, of course, on the schedule. I mean, it just seems like we have had one game after another, and it's been a playoff run even before we get to the region games.
1: All right, you've got Jakuri and you've got Jakari on your team, two outstanding players. How do you tell them apart (laughs) other than height? Well,
2: I I would say height would be the best way right (laughs) now.
1: (laughs) Seriously. Let's see, how tall is – Ja- ja- Curry, Jakari is five eight, so then okay, yes, yeah, there you go. So yes, okay. yes, he's he's got him by by uh, quite a bit. Jakari is six four. So your senior quarterback Jakari Brown, he was seven of fourteen passing for ninety nine yards, also rushed for a hundred and seventeen more yards and a score. What would how would you assess his performance on Friday?
2: Well, he did what we needed him to do. You know, the week before uh, we played a team that loaded the box down and took the run away, so we had to throw it. And I think he threw for over 200 yards. But uh, this week it was a run game, uh, which our three-headed monster, we like to call it, with uh, him and uh, Jakari, which we actually call Jakari Smoke. Uh, that's his nickname. So we okay. call him Smoke ah. more than we do Jakari. There we go. Uh, but him and then Chase Belcher, all three of them handled the load of running the football, and we had a good mixture. And uh, they gave us a lot of runs inside, and uh, we were able to do the things we needed to do. So, you know, but. I'll say this about Jacurry. Jacurry has been the guy here uh now going on four years. If you've been in anywhere around Georgia high school football, you know about him and what he's done as a as a freshman and and a sophomore junior and now as a senior. And uh, you know, he's all he's done is carry these teams to the semis uh twice, the the finals once, and now he's going to his senior year. So, you know, if you gotta have a guy in charge of your football team at quarterback, he's a well uh, experienced guy to have there in that situation.
0: What does he need to work on in his senior year to get ready for the next level?
2: Well, I think he's been working on that with his seven on sevens. We went to several this summer, and uh, I think he really grew up there, uh, and he's got better at uh, you know more or less the the intermediate and uh, the underneath ball. I think he throws a wonderful deep ball. Since I've gotten here, what two years ago? COVID makes it seems like it's ten years. Yeah. Two years ago, uh, it uh, you know I think he he threw a good ball then the post the go route, the seam routes, they were all well-drawn balls. He's got a very strong arm. Uh, I think just the understanding, the mix-up of coverages uh, that when they get complicated, you know, when it gets to a Tampa 2, when it gets down to these things where they're rolling and doing different things, uh, the zone blitzes, those are things we had to get better at, and I think he is. Uh, I still think he's got a ways to go there, but uh, I think he'll continue to grow because he studies the game. He studies film so well, and You know, the funny thing is that we had to work the most on, I felt like, was bubble screens, the quick screens out, the short throws, the Mm. underneath intermediate. Those are the ones we had to work on a little bit more because he's got so much arm strength. Sometimes he just puts the touch is what we had to use sometimes.
1: Long balls Uh, he's uh, fine with.
2: He's he's fine throwing at 40
1: yards.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. But the understanding of how to get the ball when it's underneath and the touch that you have to use, those are some things I think he had to grow a little bit on, and I think he's gotten better. Uh, But there's still room for growth always in that area.
1: Nice. Well, he's committed to Miami. From your perspective, what's his recruiting process like, and and how has that storm been there in Valdosta?
2: Well, you know he he's a very mature young man. Let me say that before we go any further. He he is, uh, man. He's like a a junior already or a sophomore in college. When you just talk to him or you get around him, he's got the attitude and uh, the smile and the electricity that just it draws people into him. Uh, you know, that's why I think he's been a leader on this team, even as a freshman when he took over. Uh, he, he's very uh, confident in what he does, uh, not a cocky confident, but a confident uh, in belief that he can get things done. And, and he makes people just really uh, follow him well. Uh, so, I, you know, as far as his recruitment goes, he's handled it. He's handled it all the way. Uh, he, he's handled it like a professional. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, I think he got it down to three or four that he was looking at. I think Auburn, Florida, Miami, and I think there was one more, and I'm not really sure who. Uh, it was a while back. Uh, but, you know, I think when he went on his trip to Miami, it kind of shocked me too because I, you know, I don't, I don't get involved much. I just listen and, and look back and try to watch. But uh, Miami kind of got him uh, away from everybody. Uh, I think he was kind of, you know, liked uh the offensive coordinator and Rhett Lashley uh I think he liked some of the things that they were saying down there and uh you know hey I'll say this I think he likes the warm climate he's been in South Georgia (laughs) his whole life uh that's why Florida I think was high on his list too which I'll be honest I I, you know if you would have asked me way back uh when the process was going on I, I would have probably said Florida but uh Uh, For some reason, uh, Miami kind of jumped out of nowhere, and I think that was a lot owed to Rhett Lashley and the things that he said or did and uh, I think just the the relationship that they built.
0: All right, time to talk about the rest of the squad here a little bit. On our Recruiting 2021 show, we have a segment at the end called Make That Kid an Offer. And what we like to do there is talk about the – the underappreciated, the undervalued, understarred, if you believe in the star system, those the kids that have fallen below and in between the cracks and things like that, that are the complete and total package. GPA, community, classroom, field, all of that kind of stuff. Is there are, or are there a couple of names that are on your roster this year? that you would sit there and wave your hands in the air at a high rate of speed and sit there and go, hey, look at these guys for whatever reason. These are folks where you should make this kid an offer or make this kid a better offer.
2: Well, I, I, there's two on our team that come to mind right now. And I, every time I talk to somebody on this one I'm going to first talk about, uh, I, he right now he's sitting there with, I think, uh, a couple of Division three offers, maybe a couple of NIA offers but uh, at one point was leading the state in receiving. And uh, it's his first year starting here. And uh, I think he's an outstanding player. I I, I think a lot of people, you know, I love it. I joke with the kids all the time, posting things about you sleeping on me and all, but I honestly think people are sleeping on this guy, but uh, it's uh, Chris Thomas, our our wide receiver. Uh, He was uh, in the state. He was doing really well through about four games. I know the last couple of games, they've kind of loaded the box and, uh, took some things away from us on some throws, but uh, he's still having a very good season. Uh, I think Chris Thomas is a, he's a six two wide out uh, with good speed, great hands, hard working ability uh, makes a lot of catches and, uh, you know, really doing a great job for us. And uh, I think he, he's deserving of bigger offers. And my next guy is Chase Belcher. Chase Belcher has no power five offers. He's got a Western Kentucky and uh, I think some one double a offers, but uh, you know we moved him to running back and uh you know man this guy has just uh, he's unbelievable and every coach we play uh they're like coach where did you find him and he was playing wide receiver for us and uh we we put him at running back and uh he's a hard guy to tackle and uh he's got just tremendous highlights he makes a lot of plays on his own Uh, And he's a guy with tremendous hands out of the backfield. He caught a touchdown pass last week on a wheel route down the sideline and outran everybody for a touchdown. And to do that against Cedar Grove, you're not just doing it against uh, a regular team. they got guys that can go, especially on defense. And, uh, you know, with that being said, I I think he's a power five back. And I I agree that they give a lot of these power five offers out when they're in sophomores and juniors. And then when these guys just come out of nowhere as a senior – uh, they don't have any offers available, but uh, hopefully something's going to come around. But those two names come to mind right off the bat.
1: Well, we look forward to seeing what they can do in region play, which finally gets started this Friday against Tiff County on the road. Coach, preview that one for us.
2: Yeah, well, you know, Tiff County is a, a team that's interesting for us offensively because uh, Noel Dean is the new head coach there, came yeah. from Michigan, and uh you know coach dean is uh man he's won like 900 games i think in michigan or something i don't know yeah
0: some wild number like that yeah yeah.
2: i mean he's like a legend i think he's already in the hall of fame there probably yeah that's hard to do but you know he he's uh he's an outstanding guy and uh he's done a lot of good things in the community already i i hear about a lot of things going on he's got a lot of young kids out and uh you know they're doing good, but you know he's got an interesting offense, and uh, he runs the veer out of the gun. And and you know oh, as okay. well I do, it's a it's a Georgia Tech type offense. But he's running it out of the gun, and uh, you know if, if you got to stop things like that, you know you've got to be really disciplined. You got to have somebody on the dive back, somebody on the quarterback, somebody on the pitch man. If not, one of them's going for a long run somewhere. So we've got our uh, work cut out for us defensively in that area. And, you know, defensively for us this year, we've been giving up some points uh, over the, a few of the games because, you know, we're just young. I, I, I told people coming into the year, we had three guys that actually had varsity experience that was going to play for us on defense, only two returners coming back. And uh, right now, now going into next year, we'll return as many as 15 guys that's played and nine starters. Wow. So we're going to be more experienced next year. But at, now going into region play, I feel like our guys have seen everything. They've they've been in the battle. So, you know, I think we can handle that. And then, of course, defensively, uh, they, they run a very sound defensive uh, scheme. The the guy that's been there has been doing it for years. And, you know, they've got a Georgia commit up front. He's an outstanding D lineman. I think he's a four-star guy. Yep. And, uh, he's Tyree a hard West, guy yeah. to block. Yeah. And, you know, they, they, they run to the ball well. And, and, you know, they don't give up a lot of points. Uh, so we're going to have to be really sound and, and not turn the ball over and try to stay in front of the sticks and try to try to get on the board and get ahead and uh, hopefully stay in front of them. Hopefully not get in the scoring battle again. Those games tire me out. Yeah,
0: Jamie Dubo is the head coach of the Vikings, hanging out with us for another couple of minutes on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. It's Hannah and John catching up with – Region 17A, and for those that don't know and might only just see things in a, in a box score or in a line or just as a part of the grid for scores, how crazy is 17A considering that it is with the heavyweights that it is and it's the sprint that it is? How crazy is it?
2: Well, it, it's tough because, you know, you play all these games, and, and I, I'm going to be straight up with you. I came in this weekend, and the first guy I met with was the trainer because the worry is after a a grueling season Mm -hmm. is is who's banged up, who's injured, who's out, who's good, who's not, you know, and, you know, luckily we're, we're fairly healthy going into this. And, uh, you know, but when you play it at the end of the year, uh, like you said, all that you've done before means nothing at this point in in the South. And I learned after one year of being here, you have got to win this seven a region because in seven a all the teams are in in atlanta
0: mm-hmm. so
2: more than likely if you were to get second place you could be at home first round like we were last year yep. but then you're going to be on the road the rest of the way
0: go to north more than likely
2: and yeah. that's what happened last year we go to the semis and we traveled three weeks in a row to atlanta mm-hmm. and coming from down here to atlanta is a it's a haul mm-hmm. and and you kind of get get wore down with that trip over three weeks so the the winner of this region has a really better shot of getting some things done in the playoffs because you're guaranteed two rounds at home. And then if you can get lucky on those coin tosses uh, like they did here at Lowndes, uh, I think two years ago when Coach Mack went to the state championship game, they hosted four rounds here. Uh, You you can get really lucky and you can do some good things because let me tell you, the one thing I've learned, if we can get guys from Atlanta to come down to the concrete palace, it's a (laughs) special place here, man. It is just, uh, it's an unbelievable environment. Uh, Our community is just incredible. We have our band locked up in there, and we get people in the Concrete Palace. Uh, We feel really good, and our kids play really well inside that building.
1: My last question for you, Coach. We have finally figured out the secret to your success. Yes. And that is a chef-made breakfast every morning. This is amazing. So, A, what what all goes into this breakfast? And, and B, when can I come down and have some?
2: Well, I I tell you, Monday through Thursday, Monday through Thursday, our kids are treated uh, to a... uh, We have a chef or a guy that comes in every morning about 5 a.m., and uh, he will have somewhere around the neighborhood of 200-plus cups uh, cooked. And and our kids kind of... Get to design their cup. It could be eggs, bacon, sausage, grits, cheese. Uh, you can yeah. leave one out. You can do a combination of something else. But he'll make different cups all the way across the board. we we'll have moms come in, and uh, they'll get things ready, too, and serve them. And uh, they'll come down to, to our building, and we, we have a kitchen down here. And uh, we do all the cooking right here in house. Uh, so our kids get fed really, really well. We think the nutrition part of it is the most important thing. in our touchdown club, i, I got to thank them for this. Our touchdown club does a tremendous job putting all that together, and our community really backs it with support. Uh, and it's a part of what we do, you know. And uh, every kid's going to eat really good here. We have a kitchen for them to sit in. Uh, not a kitchen, but a, a place to eat. Uh, so we, we're not up in the school. We're in our building, in our field house at the stadium and, uh, we get everything taken care of, but they, we feed them every day. And, uh, you know, we, we just, we try to take care of them and get the right kind of food at them every morning to make sure they got a great meal to start today.
0: And every adult that is within <laughs> earshot will probably be trying to find a way to get them some of those lounge Viking scramblers too, first thing in the morning.
2: Well, I, I will tell y'all this when I first got here a year ago in January, and I was learning about a lot of this stuff. So I knew the kids were going to eat, but I really didn't know about it. So down the road, we have a business here that makes what they call a breakfast cup. And you don't know what that is. It's just eggs and this bacon, sausage, whatever, and grits yeah. all mixed together. Well, I was buying it every morning. Somebody <laughs> walked up. I was here for about a month. And one of the coaches walked up and says, Coach, what do you got? And I said, well, I get a breakfast cup every morning when I come in. The coach, you know, we make about two hundred of them right outside, right oh out there in the God. building. If you, if you, so I, I was buying them for about a month or two before I figured out I could just walk out there and get one myself as a head coach. So uh, I guess that's an advantage for me too. Now I don't have to buy breakfast or anything anymore. Well,
0: mm-hmm. we'll definitely be keeping an eye on one of uh, the
1: few coaches that actually eats breakfast. Yeah,
0: really, no we talk kidding. Talked to a lot that well, just have
1: coffee. Wh-
2: <laughs> why not? It, well, I'm not a coffee man. I gotta get I gotta get uh, some caffeine of of a drink probably in the morning, mm-hmm. but I couldn't go without that breakfast. I'm getting spoiled down here. I I retired in Alabama, and I tell them all the time, (laughs) moving to Georgia and retiring may be the best thing I ever did just to get fed down here.
0: Well, Well,
1: now now we know your secret. Yeah, we
0: do. It's the the morning scrambler. Uh, Coach, as always, great to catch up with you. Thanks for letting us know about everything that is now going to make us hungry for the remainder of the day as you get into region play there in Region 178. Thanks for hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. We'll be keeping an eye, and we'll be catching up soon.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me today and go back.
0: It's always great to catch up with folks down in South Georgia and Coach Dubose, who has a great history in the state of Alabama, came over here to the state of Georgia, head coach in Lowndes. Great to catch up with him as well in one of the toughest regions. And I'm not not just in the state of Georgia, regardless of class, but I think it's one of the toughest regions in the country because of the talent that's there with Lowndes, with Colquitt, with Tift, and with Camden. And you've got great coaches and great towns here, but it's always great to catch up with him and see where things stand as he's heading finally in to region play
1: i mean not only are you in a small region but a region with those four teams <laughs>
0: yeah. how's I that mean, for heavyweight battle
1: drawing the small straw
0: yes well but i mean that's that's what happens when you're in south georgia you don't have a lot of the 7a schools a lot of the 7a schools are here above the nat line you know i-16 and north and so that you're just trying to sit there and go all right so who it's the same in 6A. it's the same in one five a and these these regions are you know, you're a prisoner of geography at points just because of who's there and how things go. And you have to make the, best, the, make the best of the situation. And that's why I like to ask coaches, you know, how difficult is it to schedule? And when you get answers like we get every week, it kind of gives folks the idea as to, to what they're looking at and the challenge for an athletic director and a head coach to put together these schedules on a, on a yearly basis.
1: As part of your Southern Swing, you went down to Valdosta, yep. got to watch the Vikings in action, mm-hmm. saw Ja'Curry Brown in action. He is
0: not a small person.
1: No. He stands out. <laughs> yeah, literally. A, Two heads above everybody else.
0: I know. And to to see his game continue to grow and evolve the way that it has, knowing that he knows he has work to do. And Coach Dubose knowing that he has work to do at quarterback. And just you see the talent that's on display there and how effortless it looks sometimes. But obviously, you know, you're in your senior season. There's a lot to work on as you're heading to the next level. Yeah, committed to Miami. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I can't do that. I can't do the <laughs> thing you know, when you try to lock your thumbs for some reason. Being the Florida State alum on this show, it you just get
1: doesn't no, work.
0: it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't work. It's like it's like you know it, when we were in science class and you had like two positive magnets and you try to sit there and, and have the two magnets touch and they just kind of repel and go in a different direction. It's, that's me. That's your thumbs. That's my thumbs when I'm trying to do that particular logo and uh, uh, distribution of support for that school, which I can't support.
1: Well, I don't blame you. Yes. Hey, at least they got a win.
0: Yes. Yeah. If we get a 17 and a half point underdog and we beat North Carolina. So uh, so now we're two and four.
1: Yeah. Yay. Yeah. And, and a quick hottie toddy too. That was, <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was a great one.
0: Oh, wait. That reminds me. Aren't we supposed to see how uh, Alma Maters did? Ooh. That's right. You won. You beat Sprayberry. Yeah.
1: Okay. So the last time I was keeping up with the score right after the game, they were they were ahead. So
0: 38-35, you're oh, finally. Okay. You beat Sprayberry. You
1: beat me to the score. Nice. You, yeah. Go and, and
0: I'm trying to think. I'm trying to scan the scores quickly, uh, figure out if we played last week, meaning Lakeside to Cab, and what the score was there. Really scanning, scanning, scanning. I know this makes for great radio <laughs> as we're trying to to wrap up the show here. Uh, lakeside to Cab, Duluth.
1: Lake- you no no no. You played Atlanta Collegiate. Didn't we? You won twenty-one nothing. Oh wow, far out. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah.
0: Okay, so that's hey, another. That's
1: hey. A, both wins for Alma Mater.
0: There you go. We like that.
1: What about Decatur? What did Decatur do? Oh.
0: Yeah, they, they had break.
1: So See, technically, yeah, it's a wash there, so Look, win, wins but, all around.
0: But the thing is, is that Commander Sandy's squad... Is it six and zero? Oh. So you Must know be nice. they could afford the off week being number ten in the rankings, and uh, see if the Decatur Bulldogs are in the rankings for the GPB mm-hmm. top ten. Go they to gpb.org when that gets released this upcoming week, and we'll actually discuss some of the rankings on a countdown to kickoff on Thursday. So yeah, six and zero, oh, and they're at one and five MLK this week. So it might be a, mm-hmm. might be a, another interesting test for you. You might go seven and zero. Oh yeah, yeah, not getting a lot of respect. But if you look at the top ten and even. Defense and, and scoring
2: offense, they're up there. I mean, granted, they're beating up on some teams that maybe aren't the greatest.
1: But so, last game of the year is St. Pius. Oh,
0: there's remember. your region hey, championship. A win is a right win. There.
1: A win is a yeah. win is a win. St. Pius will be tough.
0: Yeah, it will be. And so, that one's, uh, what other games are on your mind coming into this weekend?
1: Well, our game. We got a big one. It's the battle for first place in Region 7 6A as Cambridge hits the road to take on Johns Creek. These two teams are tied for first place with 3-0 league records. Cambridge is 5-0 on the season and coming off a 28-0 win over Sequoia, which was the third shutout for the Bears this season. Not easy to do. Johns Creek is 5-1 overall. Did not play last week. The Gladiators have won four straight games and most recently trounced Chattahoochee 57-0. Their only loss was in the second week against Carrollton. So Cambridge won this one last year, 21-14. They lead the series 3-2 kickoff as always except for 7 30 p.m and the exciting thing is john we have not covered either of these teams on our airwaves before
0: first time will be at the coliseum it'll be a fun one here on gpb going to be a great week across the state great to catch up with coach dubos and find out what's going on in region Seven 1, a one of the regions of doom around and uh you know i'm going to cut this show short because i'm hungry me too. <laughs> so
1: I need a egg scrambler bowl. Yeah, cup, really? Cup, excuse me.
0: Yes, uh, and so, you know, it's it's great to catch up with everybody, and we'll be keeping an eye on things. It is a countdown to kickoff Thursday at noon mm-hmm. on the GPB Sports Facebook page. It is Recruiting 2021. That will be on at seven o'clock on Friday, every Friday during football season, getting you ready for the game at 7.30 with Football Fridays. This week, we go to the Coliseum, it is Cambridge and Johns Creek. Big region rivalry there. And the inside track to region title should be with these two teams that are unbeaten in region play as they're heading into the home stretch of their season. Uh, once as always, thanks again to Commander Sandy, to King James, and to Alex the Great for hanging out with us this week. Uh, happy Thanksgiving in Canada as we're taping.
1: Yeah. I was like, "John, you threw me for a loop."
0: Yeah. It's it's Thanksgiving in Canada as we're talking. Oh, so.
1: Hey, learn something new. And
0: Happy Columbus Day as we're talking as well. Uh, send us home. What do you don't have anything to say? You could always just say bye.
1: I'm out of things to say, John.
0: Well, then fine. Bye.
1: Bye everybody. See you Friday.